2: What's up, everyone? Steven Jensen here, Fightful.com. I am joined by SP3, Sid the Third, my boy, my Mighty Ducks brethren. Um, yes, I'm so happy to be doing this show today with SP3. Um, we have a running guest. It's going to be popping in any second. And we might have a couple other guests joining us as well. But we are here today to review GCW Fight Club, a.k.a. Mox versus Gage. Uh, for those of you who listen to the Fightful Select Weekender podcast, I'll be recording that tomorrow instead of today because we are doing this show here today for you for free, um, but I normally review GCW over there. So if you like this, you like what we do at Fightful and you want more independent wrestling stuff, subscribe to Fightful Select. It's the most direct way to support us, and you also get a lot of uh, great independent wrestling stuff from the various podcasts, especially my Weekender pod. Before we get into anything though today, SP3, how are you doing today, man?
3: I'm doing great. I'm very happy to be back on the Fightful uh, Wrestling YouTube channel. And most especially with my Charlie Conway to my Russ Tyler. We are we are the the Mighty Ducks version of Salt and Pepper. Uh, we are here to talk about some independent wrestling and a show that made me very happy. Like, I put out the tweet after the show. Like, this company, and I only put this tweet out usually with AEW, but it's glad that we have an independent wrestling promotion that makes you really feel like you love professional wrestling. And GCW did that last night.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Make sure as always drop a thumbs up if you like this video. We're gonna be talking the matches. There was a lot of big announcements, there were some debuts. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. We're going to try to do this within an hour, hour and a half, give or take. So let us know what you thought about the show. Drop your questions, your statements. Super Chats are very welcome here. We will put the whatever you got to say up on the screen so everyone can see it. And we'll also read it out. Um, so if you have any questions you want us to answer, you got any thoughts about the show, any thoughts about the results, the debuts, anything you want your voice heard, Super Chats, we'll make sure to address those for you today on the show as well. Coming into this one's uh, SP3. Do you, would you say this was like, I I honestly, because I feel like this probably had more buzz going into it than any indie show, like probably ever. Would you agree with that?
3: Yeah, I said it on uh, the True Hill Heat weekly podcast yesterday. I was like, this is the biggest, this had the biggest independent wrestling match of the year in the main event with Moxley and Nick Gage, and I, you know, I, I felt like it was a big match already because I've been following kind of the build-up since Moxley, uh, you know, reappeared in GCW at Spring Break over WrestleMania weekend, and I've been looking forward to this match ever since then, but the the video package, the, the countdown to so, really gave me the vibes where I was watching that and I sent it to a lot of my friends, like the, you know, do the true hill heat uh YouTube channel with me, Alex McCarthy, guys like that. I was just like, yo, if you haven't seen this, you need to see this because this is how you build up a big time matchup. Like I want more companies. AEW does a pretty good job. You know, WWE has the great production of value with their video package, but this felt like a UFC type of main event with the way they promoted it. You know, know mick foley being involved on it made it give it like a dark side of the ring view and then it made it reminded you of all the things that Moxley said during the Nick Gage episode of Dark Side of the Ring. So there was even further buildup that it's not just on GCW. You have the buildup from Dark Side of the Ring. The inter maybe they didn't really cross paths in AEW but this is a whole like six month culmination but really a decade since these guys went out it went at it in CZW. So at uh, that right there really gave me the vibe that this was the biggest independent wrestling event of the year
2: yeah i couldn't agree more man and like speaking to like the the build-up and the production and everything i'll also say as somebody who watches every gcw event this was probably the best production they've put on like on fight tv as well like as far as like the quality of the stream like like it would look like high def and like it, it wasn't dropping in and out and the audio was balanced. That's a big complaint. That's like really the only complaint sometimes for GCW is like the commentary is too loud. You can't hear the fans. You can't hear MLJ on the mic. Like, and this was this was the best job uh, all around that I've seen GCW do from a production standpoint as well as video packages and promos. Like, I feel like they really, really uh, stepped up their game because they knew the world was watching. Yeah. That's, I say it about Impact Wrestling whenever we do our uh, our post shows for their for their big pay per views certain companies like when you know the eyes are on you like you gotta deliver because like that's like your real chance i bet you there were a lot of people who watched that show last night it was probably the first time they've seen gcw and they were taking a you know they were taking a chance i had people dming me yesterday going hey man this is the first time i'm ordering gcw like what should i actually expect from this and i was like you're gonna get a mix of like high-flying wrestling technical wrestling veterans young stars um, there's gonna be some real violent stuff, a lot of blood in some of the matches. Like it's gonna be a real mixed bag. I always tell people viewer discretion advised like just go into it knowing that you couldn't see a whole lot of stuff you might not expect to see, but it's a real variety show. And that's what I think yeah. really uh is so much of the appeal of GCW is like it isn't just high flying, it isn't just techno wrestling, it isn't just ultraviolet death matches, it, it's a mixture of everything. So i uh, i couldn't agree with you more we got our first super chat here kevin steets says "Rewatch the Hammerstein bid this morning and one name popped in my head sean waltman well that'd be pretty sick i mean yeah uh sean waltman definitely a guy who uh, i i the the current generation of wrestlers really respect especially from like an in-ring standpoint you see a lot of uh i mean hell uh jordan oliver uses that uh that like spinning that spin kick in the corner like X Pac yeah. and stuff i mean a lot of influence there and i remember X Pac doing chikara was it chikara like years ago yeah um so yeah it's uh I, i'd like to see sean waltman um any 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 other thought we'll talk about the, the video here you know in a little bit i will say i mean i totally teared up while watching it i was like i was like this is beautiful i can't believe this it it was so raw and so real so um so yeah let's talk about the show itself we started off the night with what was supposed to be a one-on-one match between ninja mac and alex zane um alex zane of course uh you know with the former ari sterling who was in 205 live a very short run with the wwe but the silver lining being that He is fantastic, and he's been on the indies, uh, you know, since leaving. And he's like number one contender in Ring of Honor. He's popped up in Impact, GCW, really all over the place. You got Ninja Mac, who's like the next, kind of the next breed of high flyer. Very innovative. Does stuff that um, I've really never seen before. Like, I mean, I've I've gotten used to seeing some of it at this point, but like, it's always impressive to watch the stuff he does. And then you get the addition, the surprise addition of Leo Rush, who is a guy who I feel like guys like ninja mac and alexane probably look at and go like oh yeah this guy like they probably pulled some some tricks from him because he's so innovative um so sp3 man how did you feel about this match give me some of your thoughts um maybe some of your favorite spots and then we'll kind of talk about the finish and uh where it goes from here
3: I really like uh Ninja Mac. I, I discovered him a couple of GCW shows ago, and really the match that really stood out to me in recent memory was the Art of War games, that multi-man ladder match, where he did probably one of the more insane versions of the Sunset Flip Powerbomb there. In this match, this is this three guys who are just very skilled high flyers, Ari Sterling, aka you know, now Alex Zane once again. I'm glad that he's able to showcase his ability again because this is a guy that, you know, unless you watch 205 Live, you probably don't even remember that he was in WWE because he had really one match with Cameron Grimes where it was more about highlighting Grimes. He had a good, like, dive to the outside. But outside of that, they re- really didn't highlight all that he can do. And he's a guy I really first saw in Warrior Wrestling in a cool, like, uh, six-man tag against the Rascals. So from there to see him go to WWE and now see him now is just like – who like he needs the chains off this is the type of guy that needs that chains off to really stand out and it's the same thing with leo rush even though he got to show a little bit of his skills you know during his nxt cruiserweight title run to see him back in independent wrestling back without the chains off that was great and the the highlight of the match was really the the sequence between leo rush and ninja mac where uh ninja mac looked like he was going for the dive and then he did like the springboard into the superman pose and then he just Starts, they start going running the ropes, and then he does multiple flips, kicks Alex Zane, and then pops right back to the same spot. He started the sequence with Leo Rush. I was just like, Oh, this is awesome! This is a great way to start the show. Um, I felt like the Finishing sequence, it, it looked a little bit off, but it kind of made sense because, you know, too much in these multi-man matches, the save comes at, like, the perfect time and it looks kind of planned. I like the fact that Leo Rush waited too long and he missed out on breaking up the pin at the end to give Alex Zane the victory. And that shooting star press, like, knees to the back, just a great finisher. And that's something that I did see, you know, back when he was in Warrior Wrestling, Alex Zane. so it's great to see that back from him.
2: Yeah, dude, I couldn't agree more, man. Like, those spots were sick. Alex Zane having the chains off Leo Rush as well. It's it's great to see. Alex Zane is a guy who, like, I, I, he's deceivingly large, like, in comparison to what I think people, how big he, people think he is, like, because of his yeah. style of wrestling. That was one thing where I was surprised with his WWE run, like, with it being as short as it was, where I was, like, man like he's got the size where like he's so different in the ring for most people and he still has the size like i felt like he would have actually been a really good fit there if given you know the right circumstances but like we've been saying so many of these wrestlers are rebounding i mean not just rebounding on the indies like they're thriving beyond what they were even doing on you know mainstream television so like yeah um so yeah and I, I agree with the finish uh your thoughts on the finish as well man like it it seemed a little strange but like there was an element of of realisticness to the idea that Leo just didn't because he climbed the rope so slowly that it was like, you know, he was basically selling on the top rope still and trying to make it to break the pinfall. The only downside of doing something like that, and it's not even like GCW's fault or the wrestler's fault or anything. It's the fans, I think, perceived it as like a a botch or like the the finish wasn't what they were going for. So the fans seemed like they were a little out of it. But when you look at it from the outside, looking in kind of like from a realistic standpoint, I, I, I totally agree. Like, um, so, yeah, this, that was a really good opening match. And that's what GCW is really known for, too. Like they'll open a show with either a match like that or a scramble and just high, just just action packed matches uh, get you really ready for the show. Um, that led into Chris Dickinson and Starboy Charlie taking on Joey Janela and Marco Stunt. Uh, Dickinson and Charlie, you know, now a team after feuding for a while in GCW. They had some really good one on one matches. And over time, Starboy has earned the respect of Dickinson. Dickinson and Joey janela a tag team in their own right in GCW. And, you know, of course, you have Marco Stunt, who most people know at this point from AEW, as well as Joey Janella. But it's always cool because I know, and I get it, I know there's a lot of people who don't like Marco Stunt. I get it. Like, I get that he's short, I get all that stuff. But if you watch this match, tell me this guy can't work. You know what I mean? Like he can yeah. definitely go in the ring. It's just his height is going to just give you this perception of him. But I feel like he's able to overcome that with his talent when he's given the opportunities and it's done right. Um, there was a point in this match, though, where like he looked like he he might have got his bell rung. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was having that big comeback. And, and he was really like he was really fired up, jumps off the top rope. Hits that missile dropkick, but like kind of landed on the back of his head and just laid in the middle of the ring. Now, what I'll say is this: I always get scared when somebody's not moving, and then someone else grabs them by the head and then and moves them. Yeah, and that's exactly what they did for Marco. I'm hoping Marco was laying there going, "Like, I'm not actually hurt. Like, just just get me out of the ring." But I will say that, like, just just food for thought for anybody who sees somebody with like a neck injury or something like that. Don't grab them by the head and like move them out of the way. Cause that could really mess things up. That said, Morco finished the match and uh, it's everything seems to be fine, but I was a little worried there. Um, how did you feel about this match? SP three, some of your favorite thoughts and uh, the finish.
3: I, I like this match a lot and I don't really, you know, you see the multi-man matches in GCW, you see, Great singles matches, great dream matches, you know the 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 hardcore death match stuff. But you don't really see like really genuine like tag team matches in that in this manner, which don't have like the the death match like element to it, like, or even you know, hardcore. Like usually, like yeah, 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 because yeah, you know you got you got SGC who are champions, and their matches always feature some type of like plunder, as they say. And yes. you know, so it's kind of different this type of matchup, and I like the story that went into it because I've kind Kind of seen over the last couple of shows especially like the last Atlantic City show the friendship and the partnership between Joey Janela and uh, Marco Stunt dealing with uh 44.0 uh, and then you got over on the other side you know I've seen the match where Starboy Charlie finally defeated uh, uh Dickinson in LA so I kind of had that kind of going into it so that was a nice little to know actually the story of the two teams was good going into it and I felt like they worked really well with each other I do agree the Marco stunt comeback was great and then for him to like be in the ring and he was like not moving I was kind of scared there and you can kind of see there was like a lot of talking between the referee and Marco to make sure he was okay and then Joey just pulling him by the hair I was just like no please don't do that like that's not what you're supposed to do like you could have just pulled him by the legs. I know that's not even good either but something other than the head I was hoping but uh I, I think they kind of rebounded from that and really like finished the match very well and i i like the little promo afterwards by joey janella you know acknowledging the history between dickinson and uh janella because that's what you need because for someone like me like i really got into gcw really like last year uh during the Gathering. Because I was really into the For the Culture uh, show that AJ Gray put together. And I really was like invested in that. I love that. That's probably one of my favorite shows of last year. And that made me get into GCW a little bit more and watch the Fight TV stuff. So, you know, to, to, not have that much, you know, history watching and following GCW. It's nice to have guys that you know from other places, like in this match with the guys from AEW and Dickinson from ROH, and then you get to appreciate someone like Starboy Charlie who you don't know that well, but I've really gotten to know him over the last couple of shows and I'm really impressed by him. I totally agree with what Joey Janela said, he's a stud, and I like the partnership there with eye for eye.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and the thing with Starboy is like he's legit like 17 or he's 18 years old now yeah so like and he's been wrestling for a handful of years already he he's like uh that's one thing gcw does that's it's it seems risky but it keeps paying off like they'll put a lot of investment into really young talent like nick wayne billy stark star boy charlie like like literal teenagers i mean marcus mathers has got to be young i mean i know he's young he's probably right around those ages i mean he dates Billy yeah. stark so i mean he's probably like 17 also so like i mean there there's yeah i, I the star charlie they have serious serious plans for long term it feels like and him and dickinson as a team has been really cool um yeah it was, uh it's cool to mention too with uh with for the culture because that those shows have been so good. Those for the culture shows. Yeah. And I just wanted to shout that out real quick because that's just a perfect example of like why representation is so important in wrestling. Like you watched for the culture and then discovered GCW because of for the culture basically, or started getting invested in GCW yeah. after watching for the culture. That That's
3: huge. Cause I went to a show. Uh, I think it was in 2019 where um, I, the main event I remember uh, vividly. I don't know if you remember in uh, Brooklyn, it was in Brooklyn in New York, and the main event was Nick Gage versus Low Life Louie, and Nick Gage cut him open with the pizza cutter, and the New York Athletic Commission shut the show down, basically. They 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 were able to finish it you know, with someone else coming out and finishing up the match, but Low Life Louie was cut open. He had to go all the way to the back, so I was kind of like – Taken aback a little bit by that Like I, I know Nick Gage I've, I've known of him for a few years now From his time in CZW But that right there was just like I don't know if I can get invested It's something that was just like it, it, I'm not going to be able to see it that often in New York Because New York is, is that like Very strict with the stuff But I love how they've really you know From the gathering on They've really regrouped And they've gotten so much momentum I actually did an article on Sportskeeda Wrestling About why GCW is the hottest promotion. Ocean. And you've been naming a lot of the stuff that I put in the article that they have a great mix of guys you know from other shows like AEW, uh, ROH. It's really like a forbidden door of sorts where guys you wouldn't see match up with each other in other places are matching up here. And they also have the young stars who are on the rise like Starboy Charlie, Ninja Mac, and you get to, you know, create an investment with those guys. So that's why I've really been getting into it. But definitely, Fold the Culture was where I was just like, no, I got to really get into this because I love AJ Gray from there. He has the best lariat in the game. Like I wish he was in a singles match in this match. Cause I love his singles matches and I feel he stands out more, but we'll get into that with his match uh, later on in the show. But yeah, that was like the Genesis of me really like following GCW.
2: Well, and like you mentioned, the the only negative I can feel like with AJ Gray being in the tag match, the only one is that you don't get to hear Walka Flocka. Like, is that's yes. such that's yes. such a good entrance, that's the best entrance. Yeah. So I know I I feel you, man, for sure. Especially me being an Atlanta guy. Like, I mean, Walka Flocka, he's, he's he's like still big here. Um, but man, I, I've I've seen rumblings. Like, I would love if they could work something out for one of these big shows where he does that entrance live. That'd be so oh, sick. Um, yeah. but that said, this match great great tag team stuff Finish the match with star boy charlie hitting a brain buster dickinson getting the cover for the pin like you mentioned we had joe Janella really putting over star boy alluding to the uh the history between himself and dickinson and it's cool because basically the story is like dickinson basically took Janella under his wing and Janella ended up uh I can't remember the exact terms he used, but he basically said, like, I'm kind of like a low life, like I'm like a degenerate, basically, after <laughs> being with you for so long. Don't do this to Starboy. Like Starboy, I think he called him like prime wagyu beef or something like yes, that. Yes. So, so he's like, he's like, you have like this, like this pure kid that you can mold into like something great. Do it the right way this time, and it looks like that's what you're doing. And he like gave him his blessing to like continue to groom Starboy Charlie into a star. So, yeah. um, so they so it was a good match, and it continued to uh to progress stories. And that's uh, I, I like I say all the time, and all the different stuff I do, it's I it sound like a broken record, but it's the truth. Give me good storylines and uh, give me storylines that make sense in great matches. And I mean, that's just yeah. what they continue to do in these kind of situations. Um, <clears throat> the next match we had. Atticus Kogar, who has seemingly broken away from 4 4 0. He's a guy that I really feel like. I mean, we'll talk about the the end of this match, but Kogar is a guy that they've really been positioning for a while as like he was kind of the underlying right hand man to RSP and 4 4 0. He's clearly like. Well, I'll get into that once we talk about the match. Jordan Oliver he's been around for a minute. I mean, he's like a young vet and he just keeps getting better and better and better. Um, a very big fan of both of these guys. These are two young guys that like, you know, it. it's hard to know like what the future is going to look like, but it really seems like a lot of these wrestlers are like really committed to being in GCW for the long haul. And yeah. if you can keep guys like Kogar and Oliver, that's huge. I think because they can both be so great long-term for, uh, for the company. Um, the finish of the match, I'll get your thoughts in a second here. The finish of the match was great. Cause like it was a, a clout cutter from the top rope to the outside through a table. And then you rolled him in and pinned him. And what I like about that is a lot of the time, like you see something like that. And then like, it's not the finish. Cause like at the time it tastes like roll them into the ring. No, this was just like, you're not getting up from this. Like it's no. the finishing move off the top rope through a table outside. You're done. Um. Now, what I wanted to get to while talking about Atticus, though, is that I was surprised by the finish, the result, because I really do feel like they're gonna strap the rocket to Atticus. Now, the after the match, when they were uh, you know, it looked like it looks like they were gonna like kind of end on good terms and and Oliver, you know, they're raising each other's hands. This is what was really telling about this, and I want your full thoughts on on this match the story. This is was very interesting to me not not unexpected but interesting Atticus is clearly the just the dastardly heel here in in this scenario especially he's like when with with RSP not there Atticus I consider to be the number one heel in GCW unless you count Matt Cardona I guess depending on how you look at it but when he attacked Jordan and got and put the skewers in his forehead which he does every time you see him by the way like i saw people that were like saw this and thought it was like the most disgusting thing they've ever seen and I was like you better get used to it if you want to see because atticus does this every time you it. see him um but the fans popped massive for him attacking jordan now part of that is jordan has been teasing a heel turn for a little while but the other part is like they He's, it's almost like he's getting to the point where like, he's so hated that he's now getting cheered. And I think that that could be really, really interesting. So I know I've kind of talked a lot about this SP three, what are your thoughts on the match, the finish and kind of the story here and, and your thoughts of seeing kind of all that unfold, like Jordan getting Jordan basically getting booed for beating one of the top heels.
3: Yeah, it was very interesting how the crowd reacted, especially from like the very beginning during the entrances, everyone flipping off uh, Coger, and then uh, you know, everyone singing along to Jordan Oliver's theme, which is a great theme. And I Yo, love Jordan, the, I, Jordan, that, that, yeah, that from that 2019 show, he was one of the guys that I really got into because he was kind of skinny and everything at that time, and he's really bulked up and really gotten into great shape, in my opinion. And you know, his work in MLW within just. This is really good as well. But this is like without the chains, kind of Jordan Oliver, where he doesn't have like a Myron Reed by his side or anybody like that. And he can really stand out on his own. And he really looks like he's a future top star, a future ace for GCW. I thought they worked very well with each other. And I totally agree with you. The finish was great because, you know, he hit the clout cutter in the ring and that wasn't enough. But then they hit it, you know, through the doors on the outside. That was just great. And like you said, not always that's kind of like a transitional move or like a count out tease in most promotions for but for him to put him back in the ring and get the three count it kind of and the way they shot it was very uh unique because they're showing the replay of the spot and in the small picture that's when he's getting the three so that was very cool and unique to it and I like the the aftermath of it because I was kind of confused by Atticus I was like oh is he turning babyface by shaking hands and then for him to attack Jordan and then get the cheers that way that was very interesting All right, but I kind of took it as the fans want him to be that dastardly heel that's the person that they are invested in that's they don't they don't hate him because you know they don't want to see him he's not getting go away he's getting legitimate heat that he's gotten over time with forty four zero. 0 and I, I just I just like the whole vibe there in this matchup and it feels like this is a feud that they're gonna continue moving forward and I would love to see it
2: yeah yeah and you know i i think i've been saying it for a while but i like that they've how it's played out i think that atticus is actually going to be a bigger baby face long term than a heel just because like whenever that like full turn happens if it does i mean really you don't have to change anything about atticus similar to like steve austin back in the day just have him fight heels and just but don't change anything about him and i think that uh you know atticus is the kind of guy that like you get he, he has the kind of face and the kind of like expressions to where like you care about him, like you, whether you hate about you hate him or you love him, like you either you like you can feel like the like the the weird kind of like dark energy coming off of him, but like you want yeah. him to either succeed or, or there's there's something where I feel like people connect Atticus Kogar, and I, I think he's going to be huge for the future of, of GCW as well.
0: I think I'm going to be huge for the future of this live stream. Hey. Sean Ross
2: in the house. This is man. We were just on here. I feel like I, I feel like we just got off this thing and I woke up and I'm right back on it because that's yeah. pretty much what just what just happened
0: last um, night. Last night felt special. Like there was there was an all women's pay per view that did really good. There was an awesome boxing fight. I mean, personally for me, Kentucky beating LSU in college football was pretty big. But you had this GCW <laughs> show, like. GCW to me has been can't miss for a while, but like yeah. to people who would go, What is GCW? It's it would need to be can't miss to them too when you got Leo Rush and the Briscoes and even Chelsea Green and Thunder Rosa popping up there it's it's very clear i don't know if it was a concentrated effort but it's very clear that they're like okay we're going to eliminate every bit of doubt that we're going to sell out this bigger venue because we're going to drag into people that are on tv every week as well Uh, i wanted to stop by and put like a little backstage news out there i was going to put this on select but you know what we impromptu kind of decided to do this show about 12 hours ago so i want to reward the people that are watching, but yeah, we're gonna jump around a little bit just because I got a lot of this news, but um like some of these decisions were not like last minute decisions. I know Thunder Rosa was like there were some that I looked at and I was like, oh because they're they were in New York for Comic Con. They just brought them in. That was kind of planned ahead. Uh I actually asked Brett Lauderdale, I was like, what's up? Are you all doing Hammerstein? Are you all doing that? What's the scoop? And he was like, there is none. Or maybe I'm lying because he know, he knew I was going to poke around, and I did. And uh, I said, are you excited to carry that ring all the way upstairs? And he said, he said something like, oh, that's only if you run the grand ballroom. And I was like, that sounds like something who has looked into it. That's like, it sounds like something you would say if you looked into it. Like, that's the only possible way. I saw a lot of speculation about when Chelsea Green sat down in the crowd Because there were people that said, oh, she's been there the whole time. I had people that were sitting right next to her that were like, oh, they switched after the first match. No, it was two minutes before Cardona's match. So the fact that they were able to do that and fool the GCW crowd is pretty impressive. I think that's a very smart move because Chelsea is, just like Matt Cardona, the anti-GCW. If you see her post, I took a shit today she's getting dumped on, on Twitter. So why not channel that? I once pitched to Matt Cardona that Mojo should help him beat Moxley or or Gage (laughs) (laughs) because he's the anti-GCW and he's like, I'm not going to share my heat. Apparently that sentiment has changed. uh, But the, as Joel put the, the tinted face mask, somebody said, Tony, did I say Tony or did I say, did I say Brat? I hope I, I thought you said Brett. Okay. Yeah, I
2: thought you said Brett. Okay. He, um, Chelsea Chelsea low-blowed... Um, Effie. Uh, Effie, geez, yeah. wait for a second. She low-blowed Effie so hard that the mask came off.
0: Yes. Yes, it did. That was so good. Uh, it was good to see Akira there. He's a guy that I personally know, and he's trained, trained with my trainer a little bit. But it looked like he was getting jumped into GCW. That's just yeah. my... Yeah. That's just my thing, because... Like, Janela had been a little hard on him on Twitter in the past, but seemed in good spirits when I reached out. Uh, also, I somebody had told me that refs checked on Marco during the show. Uh, I reached out. Marco's fine. He's good to go, uh, which is also good to hear. Um, man, this is good news for GCW running the Hammerstein Ballroom. I'm, I don't know how I could not go. Like, when I, I'm looking at these two shows and I'm like, which is going to be – the show that I need to go to for the sake of work. And I'm looking at the Royal rumble and GCW and like, I'm going 70% GCW right now. That's unreal. So before I hop (laughs) off here, what are some of the, what are some of the things that you all think that they'll put on that card? Ooh, that's a real good question.
3: You got to do Briscoe's versus SC SGC. that, yeah. that I, I feel like that was what they were kind of building to. Cause that kind of came right before the announcement. And I would think after Nick Gage's promo at the end of the night, they can do Moxley versus cage too. And yeah, like yeah. put it inside a steel cage or make some type of stipulation where the violence will be up even more. I think that would be a perfect match as well. And um. Matt Cardona and Chelsea green versus Effie and Ali catch.
0: Yep. That's a no brainer. That, yeah. that mixed tag is a no brainer. Um, the Briscoes coming out was probably the most shocking thing of the night for me because they, they just don't do that. Like, I mean, yeah. for example, I mean, they, they, there's a lot of stuff they don't have to do in their deals. Like I, I, every time ROH hits me up, like, Oh, who do you want to interview? And I was like, well, I've never interviewed the Briscoes. It's not even a, They ain't doing it, anything like that. It's just like they don't have to, so why even bother? But there was maybe... I don't know if it's foreshadowing whatsoever, but they did do a show in Mexico last month, which is the first indie that they've done in good God. I don't know how long, because they did CMLL stuff. I don't think they had done indie since House of Hardcore in 2018. And they did a couple shows that month, and they had severely like scaled back like any outside roh stuff so it was well before the the pandemic that that happened um thunder rosa coming out my god like the the pop that she gets everywhere yes everywhere if if, like if chelsea green gets crapped on every time she tweets every time thunder rosa does does anything it's a predictable reaction it's gonna be this loud thunderous thing like (laughs) It's just unreal, man. Um, Just what what a fit as well, throwing her right in there in the scramble. I do hope that they step up their women's stuff and they have more women's matches. They need that. You can't just rely on Allie Cash, who I I adore. I think she's wonderful. But it's good to bring in a Thunder Rosa, and even though Chelsea Green doesn't fit there, that's a good thing to not fit there. It's a really good thing to not fit there. That's how you capitalize on the Jerry Lawler and Jim Cornette and ECW heat and all that stuff. It's somebody who it's like, it's as simple as a Bianca Belair promo. They don't go there. They don't, they're not supposed to be there and it works really (laughs) well. And Brett Lauderdale and GCW have gotten really, really good at, uh, at manipulating that. Also the video that played for Hammerstein, uh, Man, that was getting hyped up to me personally all day, and it delivered. I thought that was a special video. Uh, every, everybody's the hero of their own story, but you can look at all those people, and you can hear every single thing that they said, and you can, you can find somebody on Twitter who probably that night said all that stuff, just trashing them. Some hater on the internet probably said that to or about each one of them before that even happened. I heard that there were people getting legit emotional as this was being produced and as it was shown to them. And uh, that makes me happy to see. I mean, being a regular in any indie is often a labor of love and it's paying off for a lot of these people. I mean, (laughs) I mean, it's not quite the Duffy wrestling league on heels or anything that we're watching play out, but I mean, this is an underdog story and GCW probably shouldn't have worked the way that it has but it yeah. has and it's one of those things i always tell you guys what you like you need to see an AEW show live to understand it you need to see a gcw show live to understand it like it's very good but yeah i wanted to come through drop a few little notes on you guys but uh i'm hoping these things will become a regular thing if you guys uh respond well drop some super chats to the fellas leave a thumbs up all that good stuff it was wonderful seeing you guys i'm about to go watch the Bengals. uh knock aaron Rodgers out of green bay hell yeah see you Sean.
2: <laughs> <laughs> see you John. um yeah man i agree with all that and, yeah and, and i i was kind of thinking too probably mox gauge too i i'm thinking probably is what they do me Hammerstein for the main yeah. event um i want to see aj gray in a big match a big singles match on that one you know former gcw champion himself that, that that's a whole story in, in itself as well him winning the title and losing it on the same night like people still want to see him like with a real title run. They have a, they have a real whole, like it's similar to AEW in a lot of ways. Like they have people lined up and ready. Like when spots open for certain, you know, titles or stories and stuff like they're, they, they they have it all set up, ready to go. Um, So hell yeah. And when speaking of, of, you know, that stuff um, kind of in the timeline of the show that we're at, we were right there at, you know, Brett Lauderdale coming out to the ring matt cardona interrupts him of course we get cardona versus effie for the internet championship and then as sean was mentioning chelsea green makes her debut now like sean was saying i, I totally agree chelsea green very similar to matt cardona does not uh fit in in gcw not but at all. that's perfect as l- as long as it's not an entire roster of people who don't fit in gcw if you got a few that's perfect because that's the kind of heat that they're trying to draw with with that kind of stuff. Um, you know, everyone's already looking looking forward to Ali sorry Ali Catch and Effie taking on uh, Cardona and Chelsea. Another match that I feel like we're going to get in the pipeline at some point is um, Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green versus Everett Connors and Charlie Evans. I think that'd be pretty sick because Everett and Charlie had their big kind of like reuniting on G- JCW yesterday afternoon. So, and Everett's been doing good things in GCW as well. So I think that him and Charlie and GCW would, would work really, really well. And if they're going to kind of do these mixed tag type matches, uh, you know, basically the more the merrier, right? Like if you have yeah. a bunch of, uh, you know, couples that want that are, that are really talented and they want to get involved, you know, have matches with other really talented couples, like it could make for some really, really good stuff. Um, so as far as the match itself, What's so funny is so like the match starts with Cardona hitting what they call the sack rider, which I think is the <laughs> best name for a finisher for a heel Matt Cardona and GCW ever. Obviously for those of you who don't get it. If you just somehow don't get it, Zack rider was the name of the WWE sack rider has multiple meanings. Um, and I, I thought that was great. Um, the story told between the two was good uh, and, you know, Cardona winning, but like we mentioned, it was due to Chelsea Green coming in. She once again, she low blowed Effie so hard that her mask came off. Um, and uh, and yeah, how do you feel about this, man? Like, I, I thought the match was solid. They got the internet title back onto Cardona. Cardona's career was on the line, so like he yeah. stays in GCW. And I think it meant a lot too that he was a part of that video package. Like it seems like he's there for the long haul. Um, even saying, you know, like I think his line in it was something to the effect of you have all the tools, but you're never going to be a top guy. We wish you the best in your future endeavors. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's like, that's like cutting deep, dude. Like that's so real. Like that's exactly probably what he heard when he was like, yo, like that exact sentence, you know? So like, um, how do you feel about the match, the finish? And of course, uh, you know, Chelsea green uh, coming into GCW to be with Matt Cardona.
3: Matt Cardona is one of the main reasons why I decided to write an article about GCW because you know, this is a guy that got released, and like you said, he probably heard that verbatim, what he said in the video package uh, from WWE. And, you know, when he came to AEW, I heard a lot of people like, oh, they're getting all the same WWE guys. He's a WWE guy. They don't need to have him there. He had the short run there, and then he was gone. Then he pops up on Impact Wrestling. And it just, like, you know, never felt like Impact kind of went got behind him. In a big way, like they kind of wanted to do the Brian Myers feud, but that was kind of the the peak, the ceiling for him, it seems, in Impact Wrestling. And then for him to go, you know, start this whole feud with Nick Gage, where most people just think Nick Gage is just, you know, playing around on, on Twitter, talking trash about Zack Ryder, and then he shows up shows up in the in the druid in the druid uniform doing the Moxley bit and you know makes that huge debut where it's like like Sean said, it's like Jerry the King Lawler showing up in ECW arena and then the whole the um homecoming uh show that was like Like The gathering, like I said, got me reinvested into it. The homecoming was just like, no, this is the hottest thing in independent wrestling because everybody was talking about Cardona versus Gage. And for him to win and get that win and the scene that it created, that's when you you have an independent promotion that is picking up steam that a lot of people are saying is the hottest promotion. And then it goes viral. It becomes the number one trend on Twitter. That's when GCW was like, put the stamp on it that they're the hottest thing in independent wrestling. And Matt Cardona is really responsible for that. So I've been loving his heel run because it really has revitalized his career. And that's why I think it did mean so much that he was a part of that video package because he is their top heel, you know, Atticus Cougar, he has all the potential to be it for the next like five to ten years if he's going to stay long-term with GCW. But right now, nobody gets more heat than Matt Cardona at the showboat. Matt Cardona, he's going to get a bunch of heat when he's in Hammerstein Ballroom. He's the guy right now that... Mick Foley. Mick Foley in a match that had (laughs) nothing to do with it It was like, I'm going to pop the crowd. I'm going to say F Matt Cardona because that's how I can get the cheapest pop possible. Not saying Atlantic City. Say F Matt Cardona and these fans will go wild. And they did. That was perfect because Matt Cardona just generates that type of heat. And I love it right now. And I feel like Effie is a guy that he probably chose himself that he was like I'm gonna make this guy in GCW like Effie is a guy that's very popular he's a great worker I love the stuff with him with he's the internet and the champ is queer that was just great stuff he's he's done so much great work with you know representation as well you know not just for the culture but Effie's big uh gay brunch is a is a lot about that representation as well with the LGBTQ plus community so I I love what he's doing as well so it's it's just great what they're doing with this program and that finish just was like a callback to like what we grew up on man like the monday night Wars with the rick Mm -hmm. rude type of thing with the mass Swim ecw and the low blow and i like how they kind of gave you misdirections where Cardona knocked down the referee. So you would think like Ali catch is going to get involved, help Effie win. Then Effie gets knocked down. Then it's just like, okay, what's going to happen now? And then the mass person uh, comes in and I'm just, I saw the boobs on the mass person. I was like, that's Chelsea, green. That's Chelsea right. green. I was like, that's gotta be Chelsea green. And then the reveal at the end. And that's why I said, like, when you know you know about the Hammerstein ballroom you start thinking about what's the matches they got to do and that mixed tag team match is at the top of the list because you know Matt Cardona has all this heat you got to pay it off and I think it's a great opportunity for Boosie to kind of get the big win in the Hammerstein ballroom.
2: Yeah I I couldn't agree more man I totally agree everything you're saying and and with Cardona especially like Mentioning how great of a heel he's been with GCW and all this stuff, but he's, you know, but run running Impact and AEW. The Impact AEW stuff really feels like you're just seeing Zack Ryder in the indies or on other companies outside of the WWE. He has a completely different feel in GCW. Like, I wish there was a way. And I'm not saying there isn't a way. I wish they would lean more into it. Cause like him and Chelsea are together on impact, but they're like feuding with like Hakeem Zayn or um, what's his name on Impact? Um, he Raju. Raju. Yes. Yeah. they they're him and Shira, which I, I'm a big Raju fan. Like, I think that guy's awesome. But yeah. It's just such a, it's just like a night and day difference between like that Matt Cardona and Chelsea green. And then like what we're seeing from Matt Cardona and GCW and what I'm assuming we'll see out of Chelsea green as well. Um, and then, uh, there was something else I was going to mention and it's just off the top, uh, just have my tongue. Oh yeah. About Effie, uh, his part in that promo, uh, the, the Hammerstein reveal, his line was something on lines of like, um, like, can you just tone it down a bit? It's a little too gay. And I can only imagine how many times a day that guy hears that. Like, I mean, you know what I yeah. mean? And he's just, and despite anything he's heard, he just keeps thriving. I mean, that dude, and he's the kind of guy, man, like I've heard in interviews, Effie doesn't even have aspirations of like working for like AEW or WWE or anything at any point. Like he is killing it in his own space right now. And he's killing it on Twitter. Um, he's a guy I got to see live years back, like Basement East, Nashville, Tennessee, Um and just seeing the growth that this guy and the popularity that he's been able to gain. I mean, so, uh, you know, two thumbs up for Effie and for uh, Cardona. I mean, they built this feud in a a short amount of time based off of like a really quick roll up at the last big show. And then, you know, um, they, I feel like the whole thing delivered and, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to Cardona and, uh, Chelsea taking on, uh, Effie and, uh, Effie and Catch and, uh, And we were also, we'll we'll talk about the Briscoes in a second, but they were mentioning on commentary, there's a chance we might get the Briscoes versus SGC today on the aftermath at 5 p.m. So I just want to throw that out there, too, because I meant to mention it when we brought that up when Sean was on. So like they're already like, I mean, for those of you who don't know, free ad, I mean. Fight TV today at 5 p.m. There's another GCW show. So, like, if you didn't know that or, like, you're, like, still buzzing from last night, like, there was another good GCW show with Minoru Suzuki versus Joe Janela tonight. So, like, they're just going to keep on rolling. Uh, The next match we had after intermission was the scramble match, which is, I'll throw this out here. So, there's a few independent promotions that I think are synonymous with scramble matches. GCW is definitely one of them. Southern underground pro out of Nashville is known for their scrambles as well. For very similar reasons. They just go ham in the ring. I just, just do stuff that you just wouldn't expect or shouldn't. you expect it at this point, if you've been watching, but like they keep upping the game. Like it's just so innovative. The things that these, these performers think to do in these scramble matches and um, shout out to Doug Bateman, who I do my Tuesday night show with, he's been saying for a minute that he thinks there should be a scramble championship in GCW which I think is a really, really good idea because they're able to get a lot of reoccurring talent on the show. And especially a guy like Jimmy Lloyd, who's like so successful in scrambles. Like if he was a yeah. scramble champion and he was in like every show, you were guaranteed like one six person match with the with the scramble title on the line. I think that would actually be a really, really good idea because um, it, it ups the ante of like, like how important the actual scramble match is. Like they're fun to watch. But, like, what's the stakes, really? Like, if you had a a championship on the line, I think that that would be pretty awesome. Um,
3: I I actually do agree with that because, you know, they got the ultra-violent championship, but uh, that's over in, like, Japan a lot of times. So they kind of need, like, that secondary title, and that would be a great one. And, it would, yeah, it would give stakes to the scramble match, which is always fun. It always delivers, you, you know, the high spots of the night. But if it had that extra, you know, oomph to it, the extra something, you know, for the for the stars to go for, I think that would add a lot to it.
2: Yeah, for sure, and good call too with the Ultraviolent Championship. Drew Parker, uh, kind of comes and goes from GCW at the moment. Um, and that guy, for my money, the top the top Ultraviolent Deathmatch guys for me right now are Drew Parker, Alex Cologne, Nick Gage, and then on kind of like the IWTV side, like John Wade Murdoch. I love Akira, who we're we'll talking about in a second. Um, but the scramble match itself, we had Gringo Loco, who man, the first time I saw Gringo Loco was at a Glory Pro Wrestling show in St. Louis, probably like four or so years ago. And the first time I saw him, I was so confused when he came out. I was like, he's like kind of like not in great shape. He's like this Caucasian guy with a with the name Gringo Loco, but he's wearing like a full body usa like bodysuit, I like i had no like i didn't i didn't understand like what the really? gimmick was or and then he got in the ring and i was like oh my god this guy's like inc- this guy's flying all over the place this is insane and yeah. i've been a fan since the first time i saw him so like to see his progression gcw mlw all the cool stuff he's doing like big gringo loco guy jimmy lloyd a guy who was literally a kid attending shows like this and he would just be like left at the arenas like his parents would just like leave him there and he just got to know the wrestler started like putting the ring together just literally from the ground up. He's only like 22 or something right now, but he's been yeah. you know, wrestling for a while. Um, and he's a guy, he was another one of those guys from the video package. Where he, it was, his line was like, you know, why don't you start taking this seriously? Cause that's what people, when they see him, they're like, this guy's a wrestler, but he can really go in the ring. Like if the looks are just him and Gringo Loco, both like looks are very deceiving based on like what they do in the ring. Calvin Tankman, a guy that I have been a big fan of. He's another guy I got to see in Nashville years back. And every time I see Tankman, he's a little bit better than the last time. Like, he is continuing to get better and better. He's the kind of guy who can pick you up over his head and throw you over the top rope or do a front flip over the top rope and hit you. I mean, yes. and, and and I love his stuff he does in Paradigm Pro under, like, the UWFI rules and stuff. Like, he's become a very credible kind of striker on top of all the other cool wrestling stuff he does brayden lee straight brazy a great up-and-coming high flyer a guy that i you know has been doing a lot of good stuff in gcw lately i can mimic the same thing for dante leone both of those guys are like the, they're two of the main futures i think of kind of the high flyers of gcw dante and, and brayden lee asf i know this is a tall comparison i've compared him in the past to a young Rey mysterio a smaller guy who's doing stuff I've never seen before. The way he can bounce off the ropes, hit certain combinations. Uh, I think ASF is going to be massive in the world of, of wrestling, especially if he sticks with GCW. And then of course you had the surprise edition of Thunder Rosa, who we all know and love wrestling superstar, international wrestling superstar. In my opinion, if you narrow it down to just talking about female wrestlers, if, if that's like specifically what we're talking about, I would say, Her, Charlotte, and Serena Deeb are probably the three best women in the world right now. If I had to, like, pick three. And that's a – and the cool thing with Thunder Rosa is, like, she goes in this match. It's her and, you know, six guys. And she's doing everything everyone else is. Like, there's no, like, special treatment. It's like she just – she can just go. She is so good. And she is so over. Like, so I love – Every person on this match, huge fan. The match itself was sick. Give me some of your kind of favorite spots, you know, anything you want to talk about with like the the, the talent itself, um, and, and the finish of the match, which was um Jimmy Lloyd. He he put ASF up on his shoulders like a torture rack, spun around a whole lot, down into a pop head. Yeah, <laughs> looked great. So <laughs> give me your thoughts, SP3. Um,
3: Thunder Rosa, yeah, I totally agree with you. I would go uh Thunder Rosa, Sasha Banks, and and uh, Serena Deed. Yeah, I would say in the ring, but I would say out of those three, out of the women you named, Thunder Rosa is the total package because she has an identifiable look, she has charisma that really can't be explained. She has the it factor, and then she can just go in the ring like she's one of the best. The best wrestlers don't even put a gender on it. She's one of the best wrestlers in the world, and it's crazy for someone like me that I've seen her career from. Like, it, uh, first time I saw her was in Lucha Underground as Cobra Moon. To see where she was there to where she is now, it's so amazing. Better. It's it's such an evolution of a performer. And she's a person that I've interviewed twice. And honestly, yeah, she's my best, best women's wrestler, my favorite women's wrestler in the world. I love them shouting out Sean in, in the, uh, the commentary cool. area, <laughs> saying that that's his favorite as well. So that was a great moment as well for me. Um, but yeah, it was just a fun match. Hall full of spots. Thunder Rosa with the court crew off the top rope was a great moment. Um, ASF, I didn't get Ray Mysterio vibes. I got really Hoovatoo vibes. But either way, this guy is very, very unique, and he stood out in this matchup. I love very the, similar
2: uh, vibes between Hoovy and Ray, though. I mean, that's like yeah. tall praise either way, for sure
3: yeah 100 percent. i love this spot um i think it was jimmy lloyd uh about to give the uh styles clash and then uh, leon comes off the top rope with a cutter at the same time never seen something like that before i love calvin takeman kind of being the anchor of everything but still keeping up with the fast movement in the match and he's a guy i discovered uh in the uh blood sports event during the gathering last year and like you said like he's a striker but he can still mix it up and high fly so he's so versatile and i think he has a Big future ahead of him whether it's in MLW or on the independence Or a major promotion uh, signing him Either way he's going to do great stuff But really like this match uh, I totally agree with you like Jimmy Lloyd Need something because like he's a guy that deserves to uh, have some type of title and you could tell that gcw are in love with them he's one of their mainstays so i want to see him do more in the future but he's very young in his career and he's going to get there he's a, he's a guy that you could see being gcw heavyweight champion in the future and holding it for a long time but uh, this was this was a fun match and that's what the scrambles are supposed to give you
2: yeah uh, yeah for sure man uh this, yeah this was just this was just great this was great stuff all the way around uh jimmy lloyd too i mean you know they have so much faith in him that some of the shows are like he's running like they have like jimmy yeah. lloyd's uh branded gcw shows and once again he's like in his early 20s and he's only going to keep getting better similar to a guy like uh like jordan oliver like you were mentioning sometimes it just takes a little while to grow into your body too you know just yeah. just the facts of, the life sometimes like Jordan that he gets the knock for being lanky or or at least used to and now it's like he's still a little on the thin side but like he's growing up I mean like these guys are going to fill out think about what John Moxley looked like in CZW versus what he looks like right now I mean it's like exactly two completely different guys so um and we get to see the real progression a guy like Nick Wayne who's like you know a literal teenager yeah he's kind of skinny he's a teenager we were all skinny when we were i mean i say i'm sky i've definitely gotten a lot bigger since i you know became an adult i mean it just it happens so um so yeah this was this was all really really good stuff and like we were saying i know i was narrowing my kind of list i just for the sake of highlighting the women there but of course talents like thunder rosa that regardless of gender that's like thunder rosa is on that list it's similar to like amanda nunez in, in fighting like yeah like amanda nunez is in the greatest of all time conversation regardless of gender like that's how good she is she she transcends any kind of uh pigeonhole that you might you might think you know what i mean so uh so yeah the the scramble was awesome and uh jimmy lloyd with the win and like like i was saying and like sp3 is agreeing to let's get it let's get a uh let's get a scramble championship in gcw brett if you hear this, Brett Lauderdale, I think I think that'd be a good idea. Like, I'm usually against the idea of adding more championships and like potentially devaluing titles, but I feel like it would it would only up the importance of these scrambles because they do a scramble match on every show. So like, you might as well yeah. have some extra stakes involved, or even it's something like a uh, almost like a money in the bank type thing where like every time like a certain point of the year, whoever is the scramble champion gets a gcw almost like the the x division Uh, yeah Yeah. exactly so um so yeah that was all good stuff next match we had was the gcw debut of akira who um i know i i I don't know him personally but i know people that are very close to him uh he's associated with kobk killer be killed um i'm very close with john mosley who is a Bring announcer commentator a part of kobk as well as Brett Eisen. these are nashville guys that you know i knew when i lived there and akira is a guy that for years people have been like man if he could just get into gcw like no one no one really understood why it was taking so long but he finally got his chance like sean was saying they pretty much jumped him into gcw like that was that was what i was seeing on the timeline too it was like it was just clips of him just getting destroyed and it was like welcome to gcw welcome to gcw my whole time like welcome 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 um you of course also had in this match akira was teaming up with alex cologne the former Ultraviolent champion and g raver who is probably the most sadistic person in all of gcw when like you look at like the grand scheme of things the guy is a complete psychopath as far as like and that's what he's meant to be on the show and they wrestled the second gear crew the combination of the mother f in truth aj gray mance warner matthew justice so uh this was great. I mean, one, one spot in particular that I wanted to highlight real quick was the doomsday device chair shot to the dome, to the outside. Um, it was like, the, to see that is always brutal, but it's also one of those things where I almost felt good for Matthew justice. Cause he's usually the one getting hit in the head with the chair. So it's like, okay, at least justice like got to smack someone else, uh, you know, this time, but, uh, I thought this was great. I thought Akira looked great. Uh the the crowd took to him fast too. Like yeah. He came out and like they knew him or even if they didn't know him they were, they they probably had heard like you know get hype for this guy. Like this guy is a deathmatch guy. This is this is the type of guy we want in GCW. Um and I thought the match delivered as the SGG, SGC matches always do. They're always a lot of fun. Obviously the walk uh by Pantera walkout music, you know, I if anybody's going to use that outside of RVD, the SGC is literally the perfect yeah. people to do it. Like these guys are clearly ECW fans. I mean, like they're it's more of paying tribute than like stealing something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and uh, before we talk about the match itself, make sure guys make sure some of those super chats. If you haven't already, we'll make sure to put your questions up on the screen. We'll answer your questions. If you have any statements, thoughts, anything about this show, Anything about GCW, the independence, or anything, super chats are very much appreciated. we'll make sure to highlight those. Also leave a thumbs up and subscribe if you haven't already. Um, but the finish of this match was it was a little strange because, because it, it seemed almost a little out of nowhere. Like Mance Warner hit the the running knee, but it it seemed like it was supposed to be Mance and Matthew Justice, like doing like a double yeah. team, and I don't think it was timed quite right. But um, and that was kind of like the the opener where the fans were kind of like. Was that supposed to be the finish, like I don't think it popped quite how it was supposed to because of that. But the actual match was really, really good, and you had six super over performers in this one. So, SP3, your thoughts on uh, this six man tag?
3: I, I like the, the deathmatch, uh, dream team, as I call it, uh, with Akira G Raver and uh, Alex Cologne, you know, Alex Cologne getting the huge pop. But like you said, they the GCW uh, universe knew. Of uh, of Akira because he got a good reaction immediately when his music hit so they even knew his music upon him coming out. Uh, SGC I, I just love their vibes. I love the Pantaner Walk entrance. It's like one of the best entrances. Like I said, the only disappointment is that they didn't give AJ Gray his own I'm entrance so we can up. hear no, Waka Faka. Come on, come on. <laughs> that was the only thing missing. I wanted I wanted AJ Gray to come out on his own and then uh, you know. Second gear crew, the tag team champions come out after him. That would have made everything a little bit better for me. But like you said, this match was what you would expect from this match. It was hard hitting, uh, a lot of violence, a lot of doors. You had chairs, you had you know the uh big spot at the end where it looked like they were gonna do like a super powerplex with all three members of second gear crew. But um Alice Cologne taking out uh AJ Gray on the outside, uh through the uh doors on the on the floor and then. And, um, yeah, the, the the timing of the finish did, seemed a little bit off, but um, it, that was another one where the timing seemed a little bit off, but it, it kind of played into the realism of it where you didn't think it would be the finish, but it was because it was like a knockout blow with the running knee. And then, like we talked about earlier, the, the post-match really stole the story on this one. With Yes, with, go ahead uh, and get
2: into that. Let's talk about that. Uh, the, the SGC gets on the mic and they're – I mean, they're basically saying like we want in on the forbidden door. Send us the best teams in the world and uh, take it away, SP three.
3: Oh my God! When I heard "Give me back my bullets," as a long time Ring of Honor fan, like one of the saddest days was when they went to uh, when they went to. I think it was first uh, HD Net. Uh, and they changed the music in two thousand nine of a lot of guys. Like we didn't get no more Final Countdown. We uh, Nigel had to change his song, which was a, a really good song. Roger Strong had to say it's a firefight. And the Briscoes had to change Gimme Back My Bullets. Like that was one of the sad. And I think I think they actually got able, they were able to keep theirs for a lot or a variation of it. And then they changed it completely when they went to Sinclair. But that's one of the sad days. So they hear that music again. I was just like, nah, that's not it's not the Briscoes. Like I, nobody should be using that music outside of the Briscoes. And then Jay Briscoe comes out like. I think that the Briscoes are the the most underrated tag team of the past decade and a half because a lot of guys have kind of, you know, I want to say, you know, we talk, we call it culture boaching in, in uh you know African in the sure, African American sure. community. A lot of people have done that with the Briscoes because they started off with the day one stuff and then the, the Usos kind of took that years later. Like that's their style of matches was really the style of match that the Young Bucks kind of uh took and took it to another level, but it all starts with the Briscoes. And I feel like they're a team that just never gets any credit for what they have contributed to tag team wrestling. So to see them in GCW at this time when GCW is so hot and GCW has a lot of the vibes where, like, like Brett Lauderdale said later on in the show, there's never been something like GCW, but it has a couple of elements of different places, whether it's ECW, whether it's uh, CZW, or whether it's Ring of Honor. It's like all three of them combined coming together, and that's why GCW is so unique. So to hear that music, to see the Briscoes out there, and you could tell how excited there was. Like Jay Briscoe was done with his promo, picks back up the mic, and he's like, "I love this." <laughs> <laughs> I yes. just love this. Like, he was so hyped and ready to go because he heard that reaction. And for them, you know, that reaction had to feel like give them the goosebumps because they've been dealing with empty arena wrestling. Like, Ring of Honor had a couple of uh, shows in front of fans, but it wasn't the type of Ring of Honor, uh, you know, crowds that the Briscoes kind of came up with. Like, I was going to Ring of Honor shows in 2006. The first time I ever saw the Briscoes, it was the Essig Thems and the Kings of Wrestling in a sold out grand ball. Ballroom and Hammerstein. So for them to come in at a time for GCW where they're so hot, about to do Hammerstein, I know they talked about it on commentary that it might happen, you know, today on the on the Atlantic City show. And I'm not saying don't watch that, but I'm just hoping they save that for Hammerstein Ballroom because that's a big-time tag team match. And in just them against Second Gear crew, that's like the perfect tag team there for them to verse in GCW.
2: Especially with like Mance being on the other side, because he has a lot of like vibes similar to the Briscoes, like yes. you know, like the southern, all you know what I'm saying? Like just rough kind of I I I I love that. And Matthew Justice, of course, too. He's got a big chip on his shoulder, always well. I mean, he was in the WWE system like 10 years ago, and they just like didn't see anything in him. Um, and he's like re- completely rebuilt his career of uh, the Briscoes. Man, we could do an entire podcast on just what this means because without getting too deep into it like this this not only is gcw basically like the forbidden door itself at this point because like anyone can show up from really any company outside of the wwe right now but this really opens it up i think because if we get the briscoes versus sgc and gcw like that means i feel like we could get the briscoes versus the young bucks on AEW now i mean like I, i feel like it's open for the briscoes now so like I mean, this is gonna open up so much. And to your point, and I totally agree, the Briscoes are probably the most underrated or underappreciated tag team um of the last like two decades. Because if, it's like if you know, you know. Like if you've been around, you're watching like like from the days you're talking about, them versus Hero and Casidoli and stuff and, and and all this stuff, like but you had to be paying attention to Ring of Honor to really know, or you have to yeah. currently be paying attention to Ring of Honor. They haven't really had the opportunity in recent years to like branch out of pretty much just ring of honor. And I mean, this is, this is going to be huge because if if you, it's like gun to my head, if I had to pick like the best independent wrestling tag team ever, like the Briscoes might be the first name to come out of my mouth. You know what I mean? So it's like, this, this is really, really huge. And there is a whole, whole, just big amount of of dream matches that are, that are possible with the Briscoes being available to to multiple companies now. So, um, so I absolutely love it. I'm just like you, man. Like we see them boys, man. It's like, I, I mean, it doesn't get any more authentic than seeing those guys. Those, it's funny because like everyone's like always so concerned. I shouldn't say all everyone, but a lot of, I think a lot of wrestlers and fans and stuff, they get kind of caught up in like the idea of like creating like a, like a gimmick or something that like is going to get them over or whatever. Like the Briscoes are actually like chicken farmers from Delaware. Like they're like, they're not like, this isn't a gimmick a at all. Yeah. Like, no super authentic so um so yeah i love it the one thing i'll say i gotta i gotta put it out there but jay getting out of the ring like he kind of like fell over the top rope and i was like oh no man no no he was like laughing about it yeah but uh but yeah that, that was good stuff all the way around man I, i'm yeah. super happy to see the briscoe brothers involved uh, with gcw this is awesome because not just for the sgc i mean there's a whole bunch of people that that, uh that the briscoes can wrestle in gcw so
4: yeah
2: um, awesome stuff next match we had it's funny because this next match was clearly meant to be like the not not like a break by any means because this was a lot of fun but it was one of those where it's like you had the big sgc thing with the briscoes and then you had the video package that, you know, we're talking about. We've already basically covered the video package. It brought tears yeah. to our eyes. It was incredible. Hammerstein ballroom in January for GCW. But then you had Shane Mercer versus Yo-Yo, which was kind of like the bridge between the SGC, the announcement, Briscoes, all that stuff. And then the big Moxley gauge match. Um, we have Shane Mercer who – So I'll just say this real quick. My brother, I talk about him a lot when I do podcasts because he's three years younger than me, but he only watches wrestling when he's around me. Like he's not a wrestling fan. I wouldn't consider him a wrestling fan, but he knows a lot more than the average person would because he's around me so much and I'm always watching it. And he was watching GCW with me last night. And during the Shane Mercer Yo-Yo match, my brother turned to me and he was like, Shane Mercer is the best wrestler I've ever seen in my life. And it's not even close. Like, he was, like, this is, like, my new guy for sure. Because <laughs> I'd shown him, like, he's seen Shane Mercer before. He's seen him do the uh, the moon salt and Battery and stuff before. But yeah. he hadn't seen him do, like, Tombstones literally off the top rope. And, like, then carry someone and do, like, a Lion Salt, you know, into the moon salt and Battery and all this. So my brother was, like, marking out. And yo I'm a big fan of, like, especially because I, I really get behind some of those smaller dudes like him and Marco and and, and stuff like that because uh, it's like the talent's there. Like the talent's 100% yeah. there. So the one critique I would have on this match is like, <laughs> and this is nothing against anybody, but like yo kicked out of everything. Like I feel yeah. like if you hit a tombstone off the top rope, like that should just be it. Like it's really hard to top something like that. Now, granted, the finish was supposed to be a backflip moonsault off the top rope. But uh, yeah, I mean, just complete insanity. So huge shout out to Yo-Yo. Huge shout out to Shane Mercer. Um, one thing I can always say about Shane Mercer is like when I think I've seen it all, that dude continues to be creative with it and doing stuff that I really never thought would ever be possible for a human to actually to accomplish. So um, the finish of the match, once again, just to put it out there, it was basically the moonsault and battery, except he did it. As like a tombstone pile driver, tomb which is like
3: variant of the <laughs> muscle yeah. solder battery. He was like he was. <laughs> I mean, they're just,
2: they're just so lucky that nobody gets hurt on these kind of things. Like when he did that, when he did that <laughs> that tombstone off the top, you could see his head like on Yoya's or his hand on like Yoya's head, trying to like make sure his head didn't hit the ground because that's just so sketchy. But yeah. I'll say this: like as long as they're safe and like they're. They're healthy coming out of this stuff. Like as a fan, I'm all about seeing stuff like this because it's so like mind blowing to see to see people do stuff like this. So SP3, man, this was like kind of the co-main event or kind of the bridge between like a a few big announcements and the big main event. But what did you think about this Shane Mercer versus Yo-Yo match?
3: This was like a a high spot version of a G one match. You know, the G one style is just like sprint all action, and this was it. And like like you said, like your brother said, like Shane Mercer is just unique. Like people kind of had the same type of vibes when they talked about brian cage from his uh you know independent wrestling but like shane mercer takes what brian cage has done on the independent scene and just takes it to the next level the tossing yo-ya into the crowd um the 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 moonsault and battery every time he does it and like you said with that tombstone the the craziest part for me was that he tombstoned him on the turnbuckle first before he tombstoned him into the ring it was just like do you want to give this guy a concussion or you just did by did that by accident because that was basically the old uh El Generico brain the <laughs> that was the, he basically did that but the tombstone variant of it and that moonsault and battery at the end the tombstone variant that was just insane. Nothing, nothing unlike anything I ever seen before and yo yeah. Um, Impressed me for everything that he did Take although I, I feel like he kind Of kicked out of too much he did Impress me with his like resilience with His selling um, he gave me a Little bit of Akira Tozawa vibes Not the Tozawa that's the ninja master On Monday Night Raw but the Akira Tozawa mm-hmm. that before he came To WWE or even the Akira Tozawa That we saw in the Cruiserweight division before He just gives to that vibes he has That fire on his comeback so This was a really strong match And a match that exceeded my expectations going in
2: yeah i couldn't agree more man that <laughs> those guys are just nuts they're <laughs> nuts it's a huge shout out to Yoya for like allowing mercer to do this stuff and shout out to mercer for protecting him while he was doing yeah. it yeah yeah and there was honestly there was a couple points in the match where i thought yo was gonna win after he survived some of that stuff i was like man they're gonna put him over because that'd be pretty huge but yeah. um but yeah, this was all really good stuff. I think this is now maybe when they actually did the announcement from Brett. I might be getting yes. that. I, I got that confused with right after the Briscoes. But regardless, we've, we've covered that uh, incredible video package. Um, before we talk about the main event, y'all, this would be a great time if you want your thoughts heard or, or your, your questions answered, all that good stuff. Send, send us a super chat. We'll put your uh, question statement, all that stuff up on the screen. Make sure to give us a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, all that good stuff. We really appreciate you hanging out here, talking some game changer wrestling with us today. Um, but this is the main event. We had Mick Foley come out to the ring. Uh, you could just tell that, and this, isn't a, this is not a dig on WWE, but you could tell that Mick Foley hadn't felt like that in a long, long time. Like going out in front of a yeah. crowd and getting that kind of response. He was even talking about, he's like, my son Dewey, like, you know, I wish he was here. Because like this is what I like. This is what people like the younger generation that really only knows McFoley as like you know. However, they they see him whether you know the hardcore icon or they know him from like throwing being thrown off the cell or later in his career, or whatever. Like this is the type of version of McFoley that I think McFoley wants to be remembered for most is like yeah. the 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 kind of the underground hero who who do eventually broke through and made it in the mainstream but like he takes so much pride in, in having the respect of this type of audience and man he got this great promo like we talked earlier he said f matt cardona which got a huge pop uh, yeah <laughs> bang bang um uh yeah a lot of great stuff he was talking about mikey ripwreck and ecw and i mean it was just a great promo and talking about terry funk and uh talking about how he used to be called a garbage wrestler and this whole style was garbage wrestling. And like, now it's like, I mean, depending on how you look at it, I mean, you got a, you got a, you know, WWE in their own world, you got AEW right on their tails and in a lot of, you know, in a lot of senses. And then you have, yeah. in my opinion, GCW standing above all the other companies right now, including, you know, impact MLW ring of honor, new Japan, you name it. I mean, I think yeah. GCW, outside of AEW, I think GCW has the most buzz currently. WWE is established like, but, Buzz wise, AEW and GCW. So, you know, Foley comes out, really puts his stamp of approval of like, I'm, you know, I'm the hardcore icon. I'm this legend, blah blah blah. This is where it's at now, though. Like, I'm giving the stamp of approval to Game Changer Wrestling. So, great promo. um Did you have any thoughts on the promo itself before we talk about the main event?
3: Yeah, like you like you said, it was just tremendous. Uh, Foley is still one of the best promos ever and it's it's been that case for quite some time even when he was lost in cleveland and wcw his promos in ecw the Dane, the Kane, uh uh dewey promos those are all great stuff but like you could still see that he is such a great talker he kind of showed that in his video where he called out wwe a couple of uh about a month ago now and then he was great on commentary throughout the match and he added a level of gravitas to the main event just doing the promo beforehand and being on commentary it made the main event seem that much bigger
2: yes I couldn't agree more I mean absolute legend that Mick Foley is the kind of guy where like you know there was a there was like a seesaw like a balance to to his career and his fame like he is the kind of guy like you see him and like he, it looks like he's kind of hard to get around right like his hips and knees and stuff are, are shot and like he's in a bit of a rough, rough physical condition right but yeah. like that was the price he needed to pay to like hit the levels of just absolute legend status in the business. I'm not saying it's like right or wrong to put your body on the line in that way. All I'm saying is like, Mick Foley was the kind of guy that like, wasn't WWE, wasn't going to have those kind of plans for him unless he was doing the kind of stuff that got him that kind of notice in the WWE. And then when he, and he really, he really gave his body to us as fans, like he really did. And because of it he will live on as a bona fide legend forever so Absolutely. and i get and there's a lot of similarities with that in some of these gcw guys not all of them are the most athletic not all of them are in the best shape not all of them are this or that but like the ones that are out there putting their bodies on the line or they're like really innovating really going next level like though that's what they're doing to to become legends uh, in their own rights down the line so so many parallels and similarities between like the old school Mick Foley and what we're getting out of GCW today, and the main event. Man, we had the GCW World Title Death Match, Champion John Moxley, Challenger M.D.K. All F and Day, Nick Gage. Uh, of course, the Gage entrance—that's the best entrance in wrestling. I mean. Yes for whom the bell tolls hits we got jeremy lambert he he came in right as we mentioned nick (laughs) gauge i'm
5: I'm here for the main
2: event pop that's that's all i'm here for but man like you hear that music hit the fans swarm him it takes you know a while for him to even get to the ring because like the fans are literally now i don't know about you guys i've i've been to shows before that nick gage has performed on and like it's exactly what you expect like there are yeah. fans going up and hugging him, trying to like kiss him. Like, I mean, just telling him like personal stuff. They'll walk up to him and be like, man, this or that happened to me. Like, I, I look to you for inspiration. I mean, they are completely sold on Nick Gage being like, that's like, he's their hero. I mean, that's straight up like he's their hero. And then you have John Moxley who in any other situation would be like the ultra baby face in something like this. But because yeah. Nick Gage is so beloved, Like it makes Moxley a pseudo heel in a scenario like this, which is really speaking volumes of how over Nick Gage is. So Jeremy, give us your thoughts since you're joining in. Like what were your thoughts? Did you, did you have any, anything you wanted to say about the rest of the show? Or do you want to just like jump in on your thoughts on this main event? Oh,
5: I thought overall the show the show was very good. Um, but yeah, I'm mainly here for for the main event pop but everyone should watch like the entire show. A lot of cool moments, especially I mean the Hammerstein video. I'm sure most people have seen that on social media, but that was that was tremendous. just very well done. Uh, the Gar- Cardona Effie. Uh, Interaction and match and, and everything that happened there. Very good. The scramble stuff. Thunder Rosa. Dude, Thunder Rosa rules. I heard you guys talking about her earlier, naming her in your top three and everything. But yeah, Thunder Rosa, she's awesome. Uh, and Leo, just so many great moments. Just like overall, what a great, what a great show. Main event, to cage hits him immediately with the light tubes Jeremy. i was dying
2: <laughs> oh, i was like oh
5: okay this is I, how we're starting this thing exactly Perfect I need, to start. Throw
2: this, I need to throw this out there before i forget to shout out to my boy mlj the best in the business of yeah. what he does yeah. he when he high-fived mick foley in the ring i turned to my brother and said dude he is probably marking out so <laughs> hard in his head that he's high-fiving mick foley and then i saw emil tweet about it afterwards like that exactly that and uh He's the best in the game when it comes to, like, especially the Nick Gage uh, mm-hmm. intro. I mean, the, the way he fires everyone up and he does such a good job. But to your point, Jeremy, with you bringing that up, like, that's how it all played out was like, you get the classic Nick Gage intro, he's halfway through announcing John Moxley, and then just whack. <laughs>
3: so. He's like, John, oh. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs>
5: that that was so so tremendous and i'm watching this with with the ep and she, all she could think about is like poor renee like she has to watch this and like just me first thing light tube she's like oh i hope renee is just watching netflix or something right now like please please don't subject yourself to this but yeah i mean they started with light tubes and it just it got crazier from there i was very worried for gauge a couple of times the first one was the the back body drop to the outside through the glass yeah. i thought he messed up his knee uh on that one that one looked rough and then when moxley just like suplex tossed him onto the barbed wire he landed roughly on his head like that bump yeah. looked like it would have sucked if it was just in a ring like but to take that on barbed wire oh that looked like it really really sucked so i was worried for gage but you know he loves
2: this shit he kept going like you're saying with Moxley, it's so funny because like what pro- I, I don't know obviously, but what would probably happened like before the match, like he's probably talking to Renee and she's like she's like, I know you're gonna do crazy stuff out there. Just <laughs> just just promise me you're not gonna do the pizza cutter and the mouth, and like, like, no, no, like no, hey, no. don't worry about it. Like you know, you know, a couple little cuts here and there. Gotta give the fans a little bud. You know, <laughs> I got a baby now. Was, I'm not gonna yeah. do that. <laughs> he was draining. I mean, he was just pouring immediately (laughs) the the light tube and then immediately gushed right from the start (laughs) sp3 give us your thoughts man i
3: i love that gage had the bandana on so he was like he didn't get split open on his uh light tube but uh yeah i mean they just kept upping the level of violence like like jeremy said that that Backdrop to the outside through the glass and the barbed wire. I thought his knee was messed up. And I love the commentary, like, oh, they're gonna focus on the knee. And Mick Foley's like, no, he just wants bloodlust. He wants blood. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is not about work in any other match. Yeah, you'll be working over the knee, but no, this is about bloodlust. And it definitely was uh yeah, John Moxley gave his all. He bled for this match. And I love the whole commentary about he has everything to lose while Nick Gage, this is like the biggest match of his career so he doesn't want to lose either it really gave you an investment in both guys although you know like you said like you said uh steven that um moxley was the pseudo heel you both could get behind either guy in this one and i just wanted a great match and that's exactly what they delivered and uh i i love the fact that they left one glass there one and the glass had the dove on it that was like a great (laughs) they they talked about the juxtaposition in that in that (laughs) the glass is not just regular glass it looks like glass that they kind of took off of one of the one of the panels at the showboat it was just great stuff there and then the ending really it didn't even feel like that was was supposed to be the finish because Moxley does the paradigm shift off the top ropes through the glass but he took most of that glass but it's still Nick Gage landing on his head off the top rope so he got the win that way I thought that this was a great match but it was kind of similar of a death match Omega and Danielson where it was a great match and it was probably the best match they could have possibly done but they still left a lot on the a lot of meat on the bone where they can go back to it and that's why I say I think Mox versus gauge two is going to be the main event in the hammerstein ballroom
2: yeah i, I completely agree I, I with all of that like they they did leave me on the bone i think mox gauge two is the biggest match they could possibly do at hammerstein makes <clears throat> all the sense of the world and huge shout out to john moxley a guy who doesn't need to be doing any of this at this point in his yes. career but like i mean he, he's literally the definition of like doing something for the love of the game like, GCW, I mean, I know he's getting paid something, but GCW he probably, like, doesn't even care what he's making because, like, this is, like, I mean, this is the same guy who claims he didn't even look at the last offer that WWE gave him. Like, he just didn't he just took the envelope through it in the trash can. It was like, you could be offering me millions of dollars a year. I don't care. I'm out of here. Like, I mean, <laughs> so it is it is awesome to see. And John Moxley, as the GCW champion, I think is very, very smart right now because with GCW getting all the buzz it has right now, you get like the outside fans who might just be giving it a chance now. And they're like, well, what should I like really be? Like, I don't really know Ninja Mac or, or, or Dante Leon or whatever. But then they're like, wait, John Moxley is the champion. Like, yeah. wait a second. And it's like, wait, you get a totally different. I mean, it, it's, it's like the same version of John Moxley from AEW, but like cranked to like volume 20, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I mean, so I think this is all just super, super smart. The the booking of this entire show, the results of the show. Outside of once again, I think Atticus over Jordan Oliver would have been a better uh, a better move. But it'll that is probably leading to something very similar yeah. to AEW and Tony Khan. I can unironically say, let's let it play out. Like, I, I I don't, I I think there's actually good long-term plans for all of these things in place. So like, I'm just looking, I'm, I'm just here enjoying the ride. Like take me on this GCW ride. We are, we are really, really living in a, uh, a real kind of Renaissance time of of professional wrestling right now. This is incredible stuff. You got any additional thoughts on the show or main event, Jeremy? Uh,
5: main event, like, like you guys were talking about, it seemed like the finish was a little out of nowhere, but I mean it's a paradigm shift off the top rope, more or less through glass. Like that probably should yeah. be a finish. Yeah. I know. I know they like to do a lot of crazy stuff and it's not a finish, but Mox's uh move is is, you know, it's it's more than just hey, this is a move on the indies. Like he's got to kind of protect that thing for, for television and, and whatnot. So it was a good finish. I like the the doves because like gauge was looked just very out of it so like that one pain being there one it didn't telegraph the finish because you're like well they're gonna go through this pain of glass at some point so clearly he's gonna kick out and with the like doves coming up as like gage is laying there it's like oh man like this is like the death of this version of nick gage because he mentioned in the jericho interviews like i'm a losing streak right now like i need to i need to get a victory you know after after the match he's like you know it's been tough but you guys keeping going and everything like, so it was very symbolic that, that pane of glass. I thought that was great. Just I'm not the biggest death match wrestling fan. I will tune in for, for the big matches, especially Nick Gage. Like that dude just rules, man. This was, this was a spectacle in the best sense. And I know they, they had a lot of new buys and a lot of new fans. I hope it translates well for them. Joseph and I talked about it. Like they're kind of the, the ECW, you yep. know, AEW, yeah. WWE, you can say what you want about impact and ROH and all this stuff like GC, GCW is doing something different and alternative to both of those promotions. And like, they got the most buzz of these companies right now. I imagine this is selling more than them impact pay-per-views on, on fight and them ROH read. shows on fight. <laughs> like, combined. Oh, those yeah, like combined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like they got the buzz <laughs> right now. So, so just, just kudos to GCW, man. They're selling they're selling events like they're selling fights right like it, it's not like oh let's do weekly t-. they're selling big fights like you
2: said yeah. with no tv distribution yeah like that's you the big difference between, yeah they they really don't and they're they're so outlaw that like and it just works for them like they're they just don't care like they don't care what the perception is they don't care what anyone's saying or doing like they're just out there doing their thing and if you're if you want to join in join in and i I suggest that you do if you're a wrestling fan because it's really really exciting times even if you don't like ultra violent death matches watch the other 90 percent of the show where it's just good in-ring action and then turn it off for the death match if you're not into it like you're still going to get your money's worth um really quickly we had another super chat thank you so much nerd guru anybody who has any last second super chats now's the time to do it as we wrap the show up um (coughs) nerd guru says, not GCW related, but I fully expect now that Fury retained, he'll be showing up in Saudi for whatever reason, thoughts. I hope not because his WWE run uh, was not good. Um, But I will say, you know, if you want more thoughts on that, we actually talked a little bit about it last night. Me, Doug Bateman, and Sean Ross Sapp during Fury versus Wilder last night. We had a watch along right here on Fightful. In my opinion, the best heavyweight. And I have recency bias, you know, because it just happened. But that might have been the best heavyweight boxing match I've ever seen in my life. Like, that was incredible last night. Um, So, thank you to the Nerd Guru for sending that super chat. And if you want more boxing content, check out the uh, the watch along from last night. Um, So, yeah, this was GCW. Like y'all mentioned, Gage cut that promo at the end. As he always does, just addressing the crowd. Uh, you know making sure everybody bear, he probably appreciates the fans more than anybody any other wrestler in the world right now like the yeah. for the position he's in and the, the support he has so huge night for gcw we have another gcw show the aftermath today at 5 p.m on fight tv f-i-t-e fight tv check it out uh as we're kind of wrapping up but oh, we got another last second super chat speed punk thank you very much says thanks for talking about the indies gcw is my favorite company you are not alone, man. Um, right now, a full disclosure, AEW is my favorite company and GCW isn't far behind it. And those are those are definitely my two favorites right now that stand above yeah. all the others. Um, if you want more GCW coverage and more talk about the indies in general, I do the Fightful Select Weekender podcast on Fightful Select. It's the most direct way to support Fightful. And I normally record those on Sundays. We'll be doing a Monday show tomorrow because we're doing this GCW review today. But I talk GCW, I talk, I always give recommended shows to watch on independentwrestling.tv. Use code Talk by the, by the way, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K, on independentwrestling.tv. That helps me out when you use that code. and uh, And yeah, so The Weekender, I'll plug the rest of my stuff right before we get out of here. Jeremy Lambert, thank you for gracing us with your presence today, sir. Uh, I'm glad. The, I'm glad you guys
5: did this. I saw Sean tweet last night, like uh, maybe we need to do a GCW post show, and you know Jensen, you do do the weekender, and so this is right up your alley. And I saw SP3 jump in there, and this morning I wake up and I see this is a show. I was like, yeah, let's go, my guys, right here, and yeah, I was so pumped for for the match last night that I was like, I got to make a run in, talk about this. Uh, I'm gonna get out of here so you guys can finish. up. You, you want to
2: plug plug your stuff real quick? Anything, oh, yeah, no, I, I, will, I will.
5: I will. Last comment. Moxley's back after the my god, Ooh, the, the, yeah. that man's back. oh that that was looking rough. Hopefully he he got cleaned up and
2: everything. And he took that, the pizza cutter in the mouth. We didn't really have yes, too much, but yes. he, did, he took it.
5: Called back. He did take it. I was I was watching with the EP, and this is like her first like true death match experience and everything. And all she did besides her name, so she's like, none of this is sanitary. Like she's no. gonna do so many first aid courses and everything. She's like, none of this is not good. None of this is sanitary. They they need to do better. Um, yeah, you guys know where to find me in the gym every day getting shots up. Uh, Fightful.com or over there. Um, YouTube.com/slash like the distraction maybe pretty soon. Uh, Twitch.tv/slash fightful gaming. Uh, we're over there. We're 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 everywhere. Let me, I'm gonna break some news right here on, on this show. Uh, October 23rd. A.W. Dynamite, Impact Bound for Glory, Steven Jensen and I will be reviewing that show at like one a.m. in the morning. Uh, <laughs> we'll be talking. We'll be talking dynamite. We'll be talking impact bound for glory. So yeah, late You guys can uh, go go over there support what uh, Joseph and the boys are doing over there. Guys, thank you guys again. Really glad you guys got to do this, and I love seeing you guys together. My my mighty ducks bros over here. My guys,
3: exactly. my guys,
5: you're out of it. Quiet, quiet. Love you guys. Thank you guys. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Jeremy. Thank See Jeez. you later
2: um hell yeah good stuff man uh sp3 thank you for joining me today as always my mighty ducks brethren uh for those of you who don't know what we're talking about there was the best podcast of all time it was recorded a handful of months ago me sp3 jeremy lambert and joel joseph holbert i think it was just the four of us was, was yes. anyone else with us? yes just four of us. um we did a mighty ducks uh game changers like detailed analysis on the whole on the whole series and talk the trilogy as well. So check that out. That's available, youtube.com slash Fightful Scraps.
3: I think it's over there.
2: Yeah. Um, and also on the the uh, Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. SP3, man. Tell people where to find you.
3: Uh, you can find me on the Twitter machine at TrueHeelSP3. And I'm about to jump on my YouTube channel, True Heel Heat, for a review of AEW Dynamite and AEW Rampage on Ramble number 12. So once the stream is done, jump over there and join me over there.
2: Yes, join SP3 or join him over here. Um, You can find me, Fightful.com, FightfulSelect.com. For those of you asking in the chat right now, the Weekender is a part of Fightful Select. It's a part of the five dollar tier. You get my podcast every week, talking independent wrestling. You get Sean Ross Sapp's breaking news. I mean, this all the stuff he does. Jimmy Van, Alice Pulaski, Sour Graps. You get, a, in my opinion, obviously I'm biased, but for five bucks a month, I think you get more than your your yeah. share of, of value there. So check it out. Support Fightful. It's the best way to support us. I do a show every Tuesday called Live Rounds with my buddy Doug. We talk mainly AEW, but we also talk mixed martial arts and whatever's going on in the world of wrestling. That's on the RVD Tito for Life channel at 10 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday. Check me out as well on the Fightful Twitch on Thursdays, myself and Joel Pearl. We've been watching a lot of WCW pay-per-views lately on there since we can't watch Impact anymore, but we're going to start gaming again soon. We're going to be playing some Nintendo Switch, I think, this Thursday. So subscribe over there and follow over at twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. Make sure to subscribe right here to youtube.com slash Fightful. Give us a thumbs up if you haven't already. Share the video if you'd like to. Thank you very much for joining us and talking some game changer wrestling. I love independent wrestling. Skull Vikings. Follow me on Twitter at FightTalk underscore and we'll see you next time. Y'all have a good one. Peace.